0: Episode seven of Queers at Play. I am your host for this episode. My name is Ruben, and I'm joined, as always, by Mark. Hello. And Will. Meow meow. Uh, so we've had um, two weeks, another two weeks without a Nintendo Direct. I, I, I'm getting quite upset now. We're we are not cracked so many truck.
1: jokes about how there were always Nintendo Directs, and now mm-hmm. Nintendo just don't want us to
2: have any. I feel like we're we're probably not going to hear anything else from Nintendo this side of the new year. Yeah,
1: I agree. Unless you never know, there could be, you know, they've done stuff at the Games Awards in the past. It's always possible there would be a a cheeky Games Award. Oh, I meant in terms of a, sorry, I meant in terms of a Direct. Oh, definitely. Definitely.
0: Well, who knows? Game Awards are the 11th of December. So, so who knows? (laughs) But we'll get to, we'll get to that later. Uh, so, um, some quick fire news to start us off. Um, let's, let's start, let's start with a, uh, a couple of little controversies, which are always fun. Uh, so Genshin Impact accidentally leaked customer and player phone numbers. Leak. Yeah. It's definitely unfortunate. Uh, it has now been resolved, but, uh, I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it came with the update, the big 1.1 update, um, that uh, customers' numbers could be clearly seen during um, oh. attempted sign-ins. So... Oh, dear. Yeah. Mm.
1: The unintended feature of the 1.1 update that we managed yeah. not to cover <laughs> in the last episode.
0: If only we knew. If only we had have known. Um, not that we, we could have, have broken, broken anyway.
1: the news. We would have been the ones who got there first.
0: Now nah, we're not that good. <laughs> we're great, but we're not investigative journalists, so um, not yet. Uh, give us time. Um,
1: I'm sure that you'll do your best to try and find out some skeleton in Jeff keely's closet at some point,
0: Ruben. Give me time. <laughs> there must be something. Um, second bit of news: um, there has uh, Square Enix reported a 50 million, well, what equates to a 50 million pound loss. Um, mm-hmm. Of which and um, have stated that Marvel Avengers has yet to recoup its development costs. Who just bunk Who just thought that a live service game that has not been supported, so that so therefore has not been a live or a service, um, could have not recouped its costs
1: and was a buggy ass mess when it launched. That too. Um, it's I, like I feel... it's almost like I feel like I feel like there's there's something in Square's history here where maybe they should have learned that launching buggy-ass games
2: as service at launch is not (laughs) a good idea. Do we think we're going to get a Final Fantasy XIV redo for this? I think probably not. And the the thing I feel most sorry for is uh, Kamala Khan, because as a character, she deserves so much better than a failed failed video game. Well, from Hmm. what I've
0: heard, because I've not played Marvel's Avengers, because I played a demo of it at EGX last year it was last year wasn't it yes um and i i came away just thinking eh. so i didn't bother and by the sounds of things kamala khan was the only good thing about marvel avengers anyway it and it had some of the worst possible versions of the of the characters that everyone loves which is what they were banking they were banking on recognition of those characters and yet managed to fuck all of them apart from the one that hardly anyone knew about before the fucking game like and then they wonder why? Why like it's the thing which the thing which were um, more so than the Kamala Khan thing. Which, in all fairness, that for me is a sort of like oh shit. Um, but it's clear that the devs wanted to make a very different sort of game with this, and mm-hmm. yeah, they square were pushed. Really, yeah, Square for whatever reason were like, no, it needs to be a live service game, to its detriment because now. Like the first the, the first like sets of DLC should have already landed and they're not coming until next month. So you can't have a live service game that's not supported. We've seen what happens with that anthem yeah like that's not that's not an ancient game from years ago. Anthems happened within the last couple of years you you've got to learn from these mistakes, otherwise you will keep making them. I always found um, that is, and that is, as that is well. another
2: game um, that's uh, getting its kind of 2.0 release it some. <laughs> um, um i was gonna say i felt i heard
1: you ruben obviously saying that you know the demo was when you when you lost interest i never really had interest um and i think a large part of that is you know i remember watching when it was revealed um during that e3 presentation and it just felt bland to me the whole thing all the way along it just felt really bland and i can't help but feel that you know if we compare it to Um, a game like Spider-Man, you know, from Insomniac, Um, they have created their version of Peter Parker, their Spider-Man. It exudes character. He's a fully fleshed character. These Avengers just never felt interesting to me in any way, shape or form from
2: anything that I saw. And it's a real shame because, you know, you look at things, you know, crystal dynamics have good form with... Mm -hmm. Tomb Raider games, for example. Yeah. Um, and it's just a real shame that it, it's gone the way that it has.
1: Yeah, you're right, Mark. This, this should have been a winner. This should have been money in the bank for Square, um, you know, studio with a great reputation and quite possibly the biggest media franchise in the world mm-hmm. at the moment. And um, they dropped the ball. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: it's unfortunate. And as an excellent segue there, somebody else who's dropped the ball is whatever cunt was responsible for the 13 remake. <laughs> <laughs> um, because sweet fucking Jesus was that ill-received. Um, yeah. Who'd have thought that um, removing the main signifier and the main selling point of a game would actually cause to be a detriment for its remake. Um. Yeah. So, for those who aren't familiar with this story, Thirteen is a well, was a cell shaded uh, first-person shooter. wasn't particularly. It didn't set the world alight or anything, but it gained a cult following owing to uh, like some of the pacing. I think the story, pacing, uh, the style, and the visuals,
2: and it and it was re- it was pretty well reviewed at the time. You know, it was a niche hit. Hmm. But. When the
0: remake was announced everyone got excited because obviously it's a cult, it is a cult classic. I think we can call it a cult classic. It's it belongs to the same sort of uh vein as like Killer 7 and games like that. Games mm. that never had widespread massive sales but were popular enough. Yes. Um, but then they did a th- remake of it and they removed the cell shaded graphics and made it look as one journalist put it and I kind of agree like Fortnite. Um Yeah which was a bad decision Mm -hmm. and that in itself as will actually brought to the discussion uh it's been pointed out by one of the kind gents from gamesindustry.biz which is a great website if you want to have a slight more kind of insider in-depth knowledge into the games industry i would really um recommend it um called christopher Dring, he actually said that um in the UK digital charts, um, it would appear that a new 13 remake has inspired gamers to rush out and buy the original 13 <laughs> because the original game sold more copies than the new one. Um, that is that is indicative. I mean, sure, 13 was on sale. I think it currently is on sale in Steam's autumn sale, but still. I
2: mean that—that's a sign of a failed remaster. Yes, that is because one. I mean it might be on sale, but that is what a, a sort of 15-year-old game now.
0: Yeah, and yet people are going out and buying the 15-year-old game
2: rather than the brand new remaster remake.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's because that's people... embarrassing for a studio. What? I what's I think mean, what? I mean, you know, it's it it's a good game. It's a niche hit, but it's it's certainly an odd choice for a studio to pick up and remaster that. And regardless of, of how well it was done or not. It just seems like an odd choice. Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Um uh, next next bit of news I've got, and this this fills me with more glee than it should. I feel like I'm a malicious callous person. <laughs> I think um, the electron
1: you're about to read I'm looking at our
0: list. <laughs> um, for the first time in thirteen years Call of Duty failed to top the UK physical games chart.
2: I mean, this fills me with a certain amount of glee as well, and I don't really know why. Um, I I can honestly say I have never touched a single Call of Duty game. Uh, I have no particular intention of ever really touching a game. <laughs> uh, I don't understand... Firstly, how they managed to churn one of these out every single year and it to be so successful 13 years in a row Uh Um, it's the multiplayer
0: that makes it successful not the campaign which is why a couple of the last ones have not even had campaigns and to answer the question on how they do it every year it it oscillates between uh, developers there's two different developers that work on the call of duty franchise and it oscillates between the two each year
2: Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I I'm, I am fully aware of that. It's, it, it, I mean, there's still big games to do, even in two years. Big budget, you know. Big budget games often take a lot longer than two years.
0: Well, let's be frank. Fuck all changes between the instances. The <laughs> in the so
2: um, um, that's that's very true. I, I think the I other thing is, if... sorry, especially with this release, is the size required for a complete installation. It, it's basically from what i understand like four games bolted together rather badly it's massive there's, there's uh, the, I mean, the again, single player campaign come... the multiplayer game a battle royale mode and the zombies game
1: yeah i mean this might also come to your point mark of how can they they could how can they churn a game this big out in two years did that make sense i think it did um and you know if if they're ending up with something that's that big of a, a code Cody mess, seemingly that might answer some of it. Yes. Um, I feel about this news, um, pretty much the same way I felt, um, the first year that, um, an X Factor winner didn't Was get the Christmas? Christmas number one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: it feels like, you know, to, to borrow the 2020 meme, um, you know, um, nature is being restored we are the virus um call of duty has been toppled from its throne um the only disappointment is that it was it was ubisoft that managed it uh, but that's a different story
0: yeah i mean I, I i'm glad like like will i'm kind of torn on this although i do have an immense amount of glee that call of duty has not topped the charts um the fact that v- assassin's creed valhalla a game from a studio that has multiple ongoing sexual misconduct allegations that they are doing nothing about or resolving in any way and hoping it gets swept under the rug isn't the game I wanted to beat them. But what are you going to do? Ubisoft are going to fucking Ubisoft, aren't they? So, uh-huh. um, yeah, so fuck Ubisoft. That's, that, that's a story we can take away. Uh, and that's never going to be irrelevant. But okay, a couple of bits of semi-positive news though. The fucking World Ends with You sequel.
1: (laughs) Ruben is excited.
0: Oh Oh, boy!
1: Yes, this is like. I
0: remember the day before it. I messaged Mark because there was a teaser on the World Ends with You official website, and he was just like, "Oh, it's just going to be a mobile game." And (laughs) And when he said that, I was like oh shit it's just going to be a mobile game isn't it and then they when they came out it was an actual fucking sequel i was like you are shitting me is it a sequel <laughs> um not only a sequel but like a sequel with the composer from the first game coming back um clearly what well one of the characters from who was an antagonist in the first game is a protagonist in the sequel so that's a whole fucking thing. Um, New characters that look like fucking over-designed messes because Namura. Um, <laughs> it's oh, it's just fucking glorious. Um, I'm loving how excited you are about this, Ruben. It's brilliant. It's it's rare I get this excited about a game. To be fair, um, I am
1: very very pleased for
0: you. Um, um I'm I'm ready. I am ready to have my heart broken again, Namura. Just don't don't fuck this up. Okay, this is the only thing. Like, you fucked up Fifteen, <laughs> you fucked up Kingdom Hearts. Oh, sorry, allow me to correct that. You are continually fucking up Kingdom Hearts. Don't uh, fuck this. Um, I, I like. I'm going to get a reputation for hating Namura. I don't hate Namura. I, I like to thinking, stress that. You know.
1: For anyone who wants to play the other type of bingo, um, we've mentioned Jeff Keighley and we've mentioned Imura, so and we've mentioned Ubisoft. So <laughs> those are three that you can check off your bingo
2: card already. Things that will inspire... ...and desire. that kind of rhymed.
0: Ruben hates things, the podcast. Um, Ooh, that could be a new section. Don't. hate of the week.
1: <laughs>
0: don't, don't, I could think of something. I could think of something. Uh-huh. Um... So um, another another couple of things on Quickfire news, um, just, just because this is supposed to be Quickfire. Um, the Cuphead DLC has been delayed into next year. To be honest, I expected that. Um, I don't think this needed to be announced at this point. Any game that was scheduled to come in for this year that has not already came out or has a release date for December isn't coming out this year. Um, I don't think it needs to be announced at this point, um, but I will happily play the Cuphead DLC when it comes. Well, I say happily. I will suffer through the uh-huh. Cuphead DLC when it comes out, uh, just like I suffered through most of the game until I lost my fucking patience with it. Um, and finally on Quickfire, we've had the PlayStation Plus games and the Xbox games with gold for December announced. So for PS Plus, Worms Rumble is being released on PS4 and PS5 uh, on PlayStation Plus. So similar to Bug Snacks. And what they're planning on doing with Destruction All-Stars. Uh, and then as the P- other PS4 games, Rocket Arena and Just Cause 4.
2: I have a real soft spot course? for Worms games. So do I. As a, as a, you know, when the first one came out, I would, I, you know, I was, I don't know, maybe 12, 13. Um, they're just really good fun. Like, completely bonkers nonsense, but uh, don't make any sense. Uh but certainly the originals, are really good fun to play.
1: I don't, but that probably comes to my um, my inability to be able to properly play turn based strategy games. As discussed isn't at length like last is, week. Is,
0: is, isn't Final Fantasy a turn based strategy game? No, it's not strategy, though, is it? Yeah, there's strategic elements.
1: <laughs>
0: you can make <laughs> that all I mean, you can say though. that
1: any game has strategic yeah. elements.
0: Dark Souls um... is a strategy. <laughs> Um, to be honest, I don't have any particular feelings either
2: way about the games, uh, the PS Plus games. No, I mean, yeah. I've never played a Just Cause game. I've heard they're kind of, again, sort of bonkers nonsense fun, but I've never actually played one.
0: And I have, um, I have no idea
2: what Rocket Arena is, other than I'm guessing no. it's some kind of arena-based shooting game. Never heard of it. Yeah, I, I don't have a
0: clue what it is, and to be honest, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't attracted enough to the splash art to even look into <laughs> it. Couldn't care less. No. Um, and the games with gold games is a really good example of trotting out games that no one's fucking heard of. Um, so you've got the Raven remastered, Bleed Two, no,
2: nope. the one I
0: have heard of, which is Saints Row Get Out of Hell, and
2: Stacking. I've heard of Stacking. So I th- that that's a uh... Is that not a double fine game? Uh, I don't know. I, I've just got an image here for it.
0: And it was an Xbox 360 game. So maybe. Um, I, yeah, Get I've Out, not, of, Get out of Hell is of. great. To be fair. It's
1: bullshittingly
0: it crazy. but um, I've not heard of any. So,
1: particularly not heard of The Raven. Um, but glad that it's another niche game. That managed to find its opportunity. To have a remaster. <laughs>
0: Let's hope they haven't fucked the... They have, let's hope it doesn't look like Fortnite.
1: Um, but maybe that's why it's included with games with gold. I mean, it would be a surprise from that from that art that they've got there, looking at the picture right now, that, yeah, if it looked like Fortnite, I would be <laughs> surprised.
0: <laughs> uh, Fortnite's flexible, I, I guess. Um, but, okay, we haven't covered possibly the biggest bit of news for the three of us actually in the last two weeks we all have ps5s yeah yes
1: so excited (laughs)
0: um so the ps5 launched in the uk on the 19th and after all of us freaking out over whether we would actually get one or not we all did um there were a lot of problems uh in the UK, especially, there was a lot of PS5s going missing on Amazon deliveries. That is an ongoing yep. issue. That um, has, that has
1: honestly astounded me. Amazon's response to that through their customer service, I just don't get. That you know, from everything I saw, from everyone who's having the issue on Twitter, their customer service seems to just be like, "Oh, we'll just refund it." Uh. And it's like, hang on a minute. We've this pre-ordered is, this. This is, thing. this is theft. This is theft of tens if not hundreds of thousand pounds worth of, of tech you would have thought amazon might have been slightly more interested in trying to get to the bottom of what was going on but apparently not Well, I,
0: Bezos. he's got enough money i um, ordered mine
2: from amazon thankfully it turned up um it's it's on my shelf over there the, the shelf is barely holding together under the weight of it but it is there <laughs> is your xbox yeah, mine- on the same shelf no, I couldn't have them both on the same shelf. That I, I think that would be dangerous. Okay.
0: Well, I had the same issue, but it was more of a size issue than a weight issue. So on my on my shelving units, every other shelf has two consoles on it, except the one that has the PS5, because no other console can fit on that shelf with it. <laughs> Not even the PS like PS1, the really tiny fucking one. Even that cannot fit on the same shelf as the PS5. Just that um, we next. To it. It's just it's it's a monster of a console um
1: well i i do have a ridiculously large entertainment center so mine has managed to fit on okay but i have made the mistake although um, i don't often use that switch dock um there is a switch dock right mm -hmm. next to it which looks like the smallest thing the world has ever
2: known yes certainly next to the ps5 the the switch is it's minuscule and tiny teeny tiny switch
0: even better, I've got the PS3, the PS4, and the PS5 all set up at the moment because I'm still transitioning <laughs> from the PS4 to the PS5. Um so there's still games I've got on PS4. Because believe it or not, there's a lot more games that don't work on PS5 from PS4 than they fucking told us. Um so yeah, that's something I've been contending with. But they're always but they're all games that I don't think either of you would play. Like some of the anime fighting games and stuff don't work. Um BB Girl Fighters. Um yes. I, I'm not I'm not gonna deny it, they are booby girl fighters. I just don't play the booby girls in them. Um so as as just a kind of quick rundown, what do we think of it, the PS5?
2: I really love what they've done with the controller and the haptics. Mm-hmm. Playing Astros Playroom and just the sensations of moving over different terrain, um, the sensation of uh, rain through the haptics—it's—it's it's astonishing what they've achieved with that. Like next level up, even from the HD rumble in the Switch.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also the the, the adaptive triggers. So with the um, not to ruin it for everyone, but um, the kind of Gacha machine
2: yes where where, where yep.
0: it, you where you will feel it click down as the as the kind of you pull the lever um it's just like the first time the, even the first few times actually i did that i was like oh that's oh that's um <laughs> but like astro's playroom in particular i mean mars morales has it to an extent it does feel a lot more and i hate this word but it feels more immersive than spider-man on ps4 did going to the haptic feedback when you're swinging and mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So when you fire webs you just feel that slight jolt yep. from the left like from uh from whichever side you uh Miles is like shooting from, you just feel a slight sensation on that side. Um that's great. But Astro's Playroom, it's just constant sensations the whole, whole way through. Um and it genuinely it j- just draws you into that experience.
2: Yeah, um, it's drew, it drew me in so far that it became my first ever platinum trophy. Ditto, <laughs> so yeah, ditto, so, and many so others so on Twitter. Risky.
1: It seems I'm seeing lots of people saying it's their first. I mean, episode.
2: it's 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 a relatively easy platinum trophy to get. I mean, it's not quite as easy from what I understand as getting a platinum trophy in a Telltale's game game, but it's definitely not far off. But it's it it's, it's just a delight to play, and it's four, just a really fun five platformer. Hours.
0: It's yeah, it's a really well-made platformer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. which is
2: essentially a tech demo. It's really yeah. well-made. And for anybody that hasn't played um, the original Astro's Astro Bot Rescue on and has a PSVR, I thoroughly recommend it. It's it's an equally as well-made platformer. It it feels to me as well like you know you say it's a really
1: well-made platformer. I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> if you know, if Sony have any sense, then they will give that team you know and give give them some you know grow the team give them the freedom to go off and do something and see what they can come up with and um we could have a team that are really properly going to rival nintendo in quality of platformers which would be wonderful
0: yeah and also as a last point on astro's playroom i didn't i didn't realize how much nostalgia i have for playstation
2: until i played that. (laughs) there are so many little call outs to all kinds of moments from the last it was it was even i won't mention
1: i won't mention when it happens um but even um the different areas where you would hear um the the music from the home menu from different platforms depending and it was just like wow and you just stood there and you're like oh that's the playstation 3 one well, that's the the yeah. 4 one, you know, it's just like,
2: oh, that's really interesting. And also just the music in the levels as well was incredibly catchy. That, um, mm. the, the, the music from the GPU level is, still gets stuck in my head.
1: I love the GPU song. I'm so in love with it. And
2: did you did you uncover the secret in a couple of the rooms where you can knock a bit of concrete off the wall and you can see the lyrics? You can I see the that. lyrics to
1: the GPU song and, and the happy like GPU just like looking down singing.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and
1: on, on the GPU world, it was just so fun. Um,
0: but and I'm and I'm and I've I've been waiting for this,
2: Mark. How is Miles Morales? <sighs>
0: oh, it's so
2: good! It's so good. I finished it. Uh, well, I finished it. Well, I finished the main story Tuesday night. Um, the whole thing, you know, it's yes, it's not as long as the original Spider-Man game, but. Quality over quantity. I don't think it needed it. It was a perfect little package. Um, you know, there was no, there was, there was no padding to that story. It didn't need it. Um, the side missions that you got in between the main missions were all, uh, they were both quite varied and interesting. Um, you know, it controls as well as the previous Spider-Man game. And I think the extra abilities that Miles Morales has inherently, the, the camouflage and, and the, his, his venom powers, uh, both really gave you a very different way of playing the game. Um, you know, there were sections in the original Spider-Man where you started out doing stealth moves and you were always forced into combat, whereas Miles's camouflage ability really lets you stay in uh, kind of stealth combat throughout entire... Uh, uh, encounters with enemies, which I really enjoyed. You could. I am really looking forward to it. I have not would played it I'd... yet.
1: I will. I will confess that's because I'm currently playing Spider-Man Remastered, so I'm I'm playing the remastered before I go into Miles Morales.
0: Also, so, how are you finding that? Oh,
2: sorry, I was going to say back, this isn't a spoiler as such, but there is a side mission that is post the main game, and it is well worth doing. <clears throat>
1: So you're saying it's basically the equivalent of a a Marvel film. Stay to the end, folks, and you will find great well, content. There,
2: there is there is a stay to the end kind of teaser, but then there's also like a, a full side mission that comes after. That is, it's really, really good.
0: And um, I'll, I'll add another another couple of things about Miles Morales, then I'll pass over to Will for Remastered. Um, the thing about the combat that i'm is is not only is it uh not only does his powers make it so that the combat's different the combat fundamentally plays out differently between peter parker and miles in that when i was playing spider-man i <coughs> used a lot more gadgets yes in the combat whereas miles i rely on the powers more than the gadgets <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: um which, is, which, which feels like the right way around for me. And also... Well, absolutely, as... because, because
2: Miles has more natural powers, whereas Peter does rely more on the gadgets because he doesn't mm-hmm. have those same abilities. Um,
0: and the second thing
2: um, about uh, Miles Morales
0: is that it feels like, more so, more so than um, the original Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales feels like a more personal story it feels a lot more homely Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because because he's he's because it's a lot more kind of um like he's like like uh like not ruining anything you're 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 kind of like his best friend like it it circles like a lot a lot of things circle around miles and his best friend and And therefore it feels a lot and his family so it feels a lot more it feels like a lot more homely story and the fact that it's set kind of christmas period as well I think yeah. it really helps hammer home that sort of like family and friends um, thing, but like I'm really enjoying it. I've not finished it. I'm I don't think I'm anywhere near finishing it, um, but I'm
2: I'm really enjoying it too. Um, I think the only the only thing, and this isn't really a criticism because it's just that they're very different characters. Is um, I kind of miss Peter's kind of witty puns that you don't quite get as much with Miles.
0: Oh, no, he's a more dorky. And I, yes. I appreciate that so much more. <laughs> um, his kind of like end of combat things where he's just like, yeah, don't you do that again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you go, Bios, you tell him. <laughs> um, so, Will, how yep. is Twinkie Parker Simulator 2020? Twinkie Parker
1: Simulator, Twinkie Parker, I don't even speak, Twinkie Parker Simulator 2020 is... Fabulous. I'm having so much fun in Spider-Man again. Um loved it the first time round, loving it again. I think I'm about halfway through the first act. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. I've made some good, solid progress, starting to really get towards um uh the thrust of the story, you know, starting to come in after all of my tutorially stuff. And yeah, I'm just loving it. And it looks beautiful. Like, let's be let's be clear, it looks absolutely stunning. Um I'm in awe of the fact that um the playstation 5 um and this gen seems to mean that we no longer have the uncanny valley thing of of mouths vaguely moving but not matching what's being said and they very much look like they're saying the words that they're saying which i assume is a <clears throat> part of what's behind the the twinkie parker decision um yeah. because i assume it's, me- it's made the face the facial structure
2: more similar to the that which actor. they make- capped yeah. Yes, I, I'm. I'm also looking forward to going back and playing uh, a bit of Spider-Man Remastered once I've figured out the faffy way of restoring my save game from the previous version. Uh, uh, just as, uh, just to experience New York at a different time of year, you know, high summer New York as opposed to uh, midwinter New York. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it looks, um, it looks
1: beautiful, and the ray tracing is is stunning. Like when you when you see the ray tracing, it's amazing. Um, thankfully, unlike I can't remember what was that game where they released a screenshot of the ray tracing when you were driving in the rain, um, and the entire road just like, like a mirror, yes, and driving it's like on a mirror. that's that's not what roads look like when it's wet. Um, <laughs> it's ray tracing done well, it's not just like ray tracing. Was for that, the sake was of that, ray that tracing.
2: Watch Dogs Legion, maybe?
1: It might be,
0: yes, that that rings a bell.
2: Um
0: See the thing which the, the, the thing which gets me is um I've been having this discussion with various people, but wherever possible I will play in fidelity mode. So yeah, we've been ray playing tracing fidelity. and with the enhanced graphics. Yes. Because I don't give a fuck about sixty frames per second. I never have done, never fucking would. I played Souls games for ten years. I don't give a shit about sixty <laughs>
2: frames per second.
0: Um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe it, the Souls games that. would
2: have been slightly easier if you were playing them in sixty frames per second mode. However, I am with you and I- Although, I, I will say, I haven't played it in, in performance mode, purely because I'm worried if I did try it, it would ruin the performance mode for me. I don't know. Sorry, I mean, maybe would, that's, yeah, maybe would,
1: that's what I need to try next on, on Spider-Man Remastered, try a bit of performance mode and see how it differs from fidelity. I, mean, um, I was both. also thrilled to see that um, Spider-Man Remastered has a vast array of accessibility options. It feels like they're very much following in Uh, The Last of Us Part 2's footsteps, Um, and the thing that personally thrilled me as someone who, even though I don't need them from an accessibility perspective, but I like to have them on, um, as someone who likes subtitles, I could make them bigger. And that has made me so happy. You can not believe that the subtitles are not this minuscule thing on the screen that I can't read.
2: The first thing I always do (laughs) on any game when I load it up is turn on subtitles. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm very glad actually that the, the PlayStation Five has that new defaulting thing for games, and I think one of those is one of those defaults you can set for games is subtitles on or off. Yeah, um, it's, it's, yeah it, it's a great firmware option to be honest. Uh, the fact it also
0: adds like, can't you also pick difficulty? Like, you can. Yes, you yes, you can set a default exactly.
1: difficulty. Yeah, and that's, it'll map it. Whatever the difficulties get called, they'll be mapped to.
0: That is That's such it. such a good idea. Just having a universal option like that, and um, another thing which Miles does, as well as the the subtitle option, you can change the color of the subtitles as well, yeah. so that it's, so it makes it easier to view. Which I thought the moment I saw that, I was like, "This isn't." I know this feature is not for me, but this is a fucking great feature for those that are colorblind. And you it's, can also
1: you can also put. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, you can also put one of those those semi-opaque boxes behind the behind the subtitles A so you know the box yeah that's, <laughs> that's fine, fine. background color <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah yeah you can put background color behind behind them um and it had like all the other yeah all the other stuff is in there like the the colorblind options which seems like it's highly highly customizable you know that you can change what color certain things are and all of that kind of stuff um and i think it would just be really good you know if 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 Sony are going down this way with their first-party stuff, I kind of almost want them to put even more of this stuff in those um, system default accessibility options, and then maybe it will persuade more developers to start including some of these options in their games. It'd be a really positive step forward. Who knows? Maybe we'll see it in future future software system updates.
0: I mean, the only thing we haven't discussed with regards to the PS5 is the load times, I think, which are fucking great. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've I so noticed that in Spider-Man Remastered. You know, um, when he goes to um, Octavius Industries, whenever you go there and you land on that roof, and then you go and you go up to that door, and then you wait while it loads. Um, it just—it actually almost feels slightly odd now because it just kind of cuts to black, but then immediately it then goes back, and you you come out of the door um, because there was a load there, and it just
0: doesn't really exist anymore, and it feels slightly strange. It's like the fast travel in Miles Morales when you use the subway and and literally you just click on the subway then you're just walking out of the subway. It's like, holy shit, that's like nothing. And not not only that, but the PS4 games that I've got on PS5 also load quicker. Yes. Um, Even from external storage, they still load quicker. So I've got like Devil May Cry 5 and uh, a couple of other games on my external um, hard drive uh, that used to be connected to my PS4. Even they load quicker.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I know it's been discussed in our um 14 Discord server, but yeah, I'm seeing with Final Fantasy 14 quicker loads than I see on my oh, PS4 yeah. Pro.
0: Even so. into places like Limsa Liminsa, which usually take fucking <laughs> EOS to load into seven years. <laughs> it's just it's so quick now to load in 14. Which is why I'm which is why I put 14 onto the SSD, because I was like, I'm gonna be using this game forever, so it might as well be on the SSD. Well, I guess
1: we're, we're also project. assuming as as 14 fans that, you know, in a, approximately
2: a year's time, we'll, we'll be getting a
1: native PS5 version.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't include basic PS5 upgrades as part of a smaller patch down the line. It doesn't necessarily have to even wait for a major expansion to take, take, to take basic advantage of the PS5 hardware yeah because it's you know it's already the game's already built
1: so it's effectively they've built it in such a way so it's effectively running the pc client yeah on on a playstation you know within an emulated environment on playstation so um that you know the, and the pc can go better so they could just yeah they've got the settings there they've got all the assets it, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily already for higher resolutions etc they could just put them in if they wanted but we will see when they do as i say i suspect
0: it'll be with the expansion Fucking bring it! <laughs> Seriously, so excited for the expansion. So, I guess it's time for some backlog bingo.
1: Yay! Back Yay! Go!
2: So, Mark, S, Halo, yes.
0: The last episode you were given Halo anniversary, or you were gifted, gifted. Halo anniversary out Halo of your backlog by Will. Oh, wait. Yeah, it was by Will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. Hello. I
2: certainly had some thoughts about Halo. Uh, so, a little bit of uh, context. Um, anybody that listened to the last episode knows that... Uh, when this game was chosen for me uh, Will asked if he could play the opening with me in co-op um, mm-hmm. which we did um, and I will say that as a as a positive in Halo's kind of favour uh, the co-op works really well, it's really good fun to play as a co-op game um, it's a little bit, it's not very obvious how to get into a, a co-op game Um <laughs> We struggled to find that option. It's not like immediately obvious in the main menu of the Master Chief Collection. You can't just click on a thing that says Start Co-op. It's it's, it's hidden somewhere. Um, but it's really fun to play in Co-op. Um, and the shooting elements of the game? Great. The guns are really satisfying to use. It, you, you don't feel like you're stuck with a, a really rubbish weapon if you end up picking a pistol up, for example. Even the pistols feel uh, really good fun to use. However, this may or may not come across as slightly controversial, but this game has not aged very well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things I think I picked up is it's it's just a really empty world. You start off in 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 the Pillar of Awesome frigate. And it's just a lot of empty corridors and empty rooms that all have the same textures, and it's impossible to find your way around. There's no, there's no real sense of place in any of the interior areas of this game. You you go inside um, kind of installations on the the Halo world. It's not really a world. The, the Halo structure itself, and again, it's it's endless identical corridors that make no logical sense or, or no logical uh, structure to them. And all of they're all joined together with with kind of cut and paste rooms that are exactly the same with nothing in them. It's just a really empty world. But contrary to that, when you're actually outside on the surface of the ring world, it actually holds up quite well. It's it's still quite pretty to look at. So I don't I don't know. There's a weird kind of juxtaposition there. I think the other thing. Uh, Will can attest to this as well. Is you get to drive a warthog, which is like a kind of a buggy thing. It, it really it it handles like a double-decker bus in low gravity. <laughs> it's just awful to drive, um, and it just you just constantly bouncing around, flipping over, and running into walls. And the controls for it are also decidedly. Uh, Last, last generation, which is a shame because it was remastered. There's no reason why they perhaps couldn't have improved some of the handling, physics or controls of these things, but they, they clearly didn't. Um, and I'm going to go into spoiler territory here um, because this is a 20-year-old game, so fuck you if you've not played it. Um, <laughs> the last level of this game is just a lesson in abject frustration. <laughs> Because it ends with you having to drive that fucking warthog four and a half kilometers down the length of the exploded Pillar of Autumn frigate down what is it just makes no logical sense why there's a four kilometer long obstacle course for this fucking buggy inside uh, inside this frigate that you drive it along um, all to a very very strict timer with no checkpoint anywhere in that period. And I, f- I failed that about ten times before I got to the end of it. And I was getting to the point where I was going to throw my controller across the room with frustration. <laughs> it just made no sense. Why was that obstacle course in that frigate? Why? I couldn't think of a good reason. Um, and I think the other thing I want to say is... Between every mission, whether it made sense to or not, it reset your weapons. So you ended up starting every mission with whatever weapons the developers decided you needed to start that with, not the ones that you had chosen to pick, because you can only carry two weapons at a time. I should have made that clear. Um, so you 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 almost always have a favorite couple of weapons. I think out of the sort of 8 choices you've got, and very quickly you end up being able to pick up the ones you want. But, even where the cuts don't give you any... don't give your character any chance to have swapped out to a default loadout weapon, it always resets your weapons and it really fucking frustrated me. (laughs) However, I did decide to give a bit of Halo 2 a go afterwards, and I have to say, it does seem to have Fixed a lot of the issues I had with the original Halo, um, despite despite this being on the same console. So they were both original Xbox games. They'd managed to do a lot more with um, Halo Two than they did with Halo. Um, so it's clearly it clearly wasn't a limitation of the console as such. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a lot of thoughts
1: on Halo right there. <laughs> um... I mean, I'm going to agree... I mean, I've played less than you, Mark. I've played... I think we did three missions together. Yeah, we? I think it was the first three or um, so. I've not played anything since yet, although I probably will. Um, it, to me, it 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 was interesting as well, having played, played Doom and seeing where first-person shooters have got to, it was interesting to go and have a reminder of where first-person shooters have come from. Yeah. Um, because it felt very... Um, It felt very Golden or Perfect Darky to me in lots and lots of ways, um, including one of the things you've not mentioned that I know we were both getting frustrated by, um, instead of having a map, having that stupid little radar thing. Oh, yes, that was the other thing, yes. And not having objective markers while you're wandering around all of the corridors that all look fucking identical. Yes. Trying to work out where on earth you're meant to be going. But
2: occasionally there were waypoint markers. It was massively inconsistent as to whether the game decided to give you a waypoint marker as to where you were supposed to go or not. And going back to things like kind of the blandness of some of the levels, especially the indoor environments in the corridors, it's not like you know i've played a lot of first person shooters of that era you know even even half life which came out sort of 3 or 4 years before that had a lot more interesting variety in kind of internal corridors and things and even a year later and i know i'm going to be biased when i say this metro prime was was barely a year after uh halo and that had such a, a, a much better sense of a, a sense of place and belonging and yeah Internal rooms all had a logical reason to exist and, and a name, and they were all unique and it just it just feels like it was a bit of a i don 't know I know it was kind of I guess there was an element of it being uh, a launch title for the Xbox I know it had a bit of a tortured development it originally started as a as a a real time strategy game for the Mac uh, before transitioning to a third person uh, shooter. Uh, when it was bought by Microsoft, and then finally a first-person shooter that was brought exclusive, or at least initially exclusively, for the Xbox. So I know there was a bit of a kind of tortured development to it, but yeah, it's it's really just not aged as well as, I think, a lot of other shooters from the same era.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on one of the other things that you mentioned as well, just to kind of give it a bit more context, which is you were talking about the, the weapons changing whenever you start a new mission. Um, and I think I don't know if, if maybe if this is unique to um, this remastered version or not, because I don't know how it functioned in the original, but because we were playing and it was literally moving us from mission to mission without chucking us back to a menu or anything to select them, that's what made it so jarring, that we would finish a mission, we'd, we've just jumped on a little spaceship, and then you know we, we jumped off at the other end, and you're like, but my weapons have changed. <laughs> <laughs> this feels really strange and jarring because um, it also wasn't like making any acknowledgement of this is a new mission <laughs> you are now in a different mission it just kind of all flowed together um as a modern game would yeah um so which made me wonder if that was a change within the remaster I do not know
2: oh I have no idea um
0: so you heard it here first <laughs> folks mark hates
2: halo mark <laughs> was not a huge fan of the original halo but I will say I am Enjoying Halo Two more. I think they they obviously learn a lot of lessons from the first Halo, and it definitely fixes a lot of the problems that I had with it. You know, the the Warthog, for example, physics are, are clearly fixed <laughs> in the second one. There's that a lot Warthog. more There's oh. a lot more variety in the environments and kind of the internal areas feel more cohesive as places rather than just empty corridors with repeating textures um so yeah i think i think halo 2 was a huge step up from the original halo even though they were both um, on the same console
1: yeah and i'll be very clear about that warthog as well it's um when we first came across it in co-op um mark got in the driving seat and i was stood on the back with like a gatling gun um i was having a great time it was fine <laughs> mark was talking about how awful it was and so then we decided to just swap when we next had to get back in it, and oh my god, I think it was worse than even Mark made it sound. <laughs> Just oof.
0: so another ten out of ten for the backlog bingo, eh? Another ten out of ten. <laughs> we're doing so well so far with these fantastic
2: games. We're playing. I know actually there's there's one other thing that I, I... totally it's all over the place as well. So there are bits where it seems to really take itself seriously and then there are enemies that run around screaming like Jawas from Star Wars and it's very odd. Oh, those, those enemies
1: were very strange. They're like,
0: that is, that is.
1: And you're like sorry why, why are they screaming this at me? And they're aliens. Why do they speak the same language as me? I don't understand any of this.
2: <laughs> yes. So that's Halo.
0: Beautiful. I love it when we've got a good rant Um, It it always It it makes the editing process so much fun (laughs) So So The Bingo player this Episode is me With my game Being picked by the beautiful Will So as a refresher Of the games that I still have remaining On my back on bingo we have celeste chibi robo ziplash persona 5 undertale shadows of the damned tokyo mirage sessions hashtag fe and jet set radio
1: well as you pointed out reuben we've had quite a lot of ranting um so i think it would be nice to give you a real opportunity to rave instead of ranting. Um, and if you think all the way back, anyone, to episode one of Queers at Play. Yeah, it was episode one, wasn't it? Yes, fine. When we originally introduced our backlogs, um, I said, you know, there are a number of games that I was I was kind of almost jealous of because I want to play them. Um, so I am going to pick a game that I also want to play, and I'm going to go away and play some of it as well. A game that's got absolute critical acclaim. Um, so hopefully, touch wood, nothing can go wrong this time around. Um, I would like you to play Celeste.
0: Celeste. Okay. I'll make a little note of that so I remember.
2: She's really done well without that, hasn't she?
0: <laughs> okay, so <laughs> shoot, I'm just going to skate straight past that. Um,
1: Go and listen to Daphne and Celeste, people. Do it.
0: Please don't. Spare your ears. So tune in next episode on episode eight in which I will I will review Celeste as part of Backlog Bingo and we will and then it falls to Will to be the next the next Bingo player. So that's it for Backlog Bingo.
2: Yay Yay. That's it for me ranting at Halo. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i enjoyed that a lot more than i should have done so the final big bit we've got for today um that allows me to have another rant um you rant never i can't imagine it ever happening um the game awards nominees are out there they finally released the nominees (laughs) so i thought it might be an idea for us to discuss the ones that discuss the you know, categories we give a fuck about and kind of give our thoughts and predictions for the winners. Um, So the Jeff Keighley Awards 2020. Um, Let's scoot past all the esports ones because we don't fucking care. So esports team, no. Host, no. Game, no. Event, no. Coach, no. Why is there an esports coach fucking... uh... Who knows? Athlete, no, athlete. Yeah, um, I also have
1: to say, I like, like, I understand it being called esports, but calling them athletes does just seem somewhat ludicrous to me.
0: I mean, they have the athletics tops. Um, which well, by we athletics
1: diff- tops, I mean some of them are almost like those horrible baseball jersey
0: things. Yeah, that's true. pretty foul. So the sorry first to Americans really... who
1: love baseball, but
0: you know we're Brits, so. And baseball's not bad. American football, however. Pff, um, so i think i've just alienated our entire american uh listenership there with just one comment about american football so the first category that you know i think any of us have anything to say about is best debut game so the games that are in the nominations for that are carrion mortal shell Raji, and ancient epic Roki, and phasmophobia i've only played one of these and i've only and i only know really about one of them
1: i I've um, not played any of them I've I've watched one of them on Twitch
2: and I have not played any of them uh nor have I watched any of them on Twitch so I have very little input into this category um so go ahead ruben where's I'll just uh, I'll just say carrion
0: a, a, a kind of sci-fi horror game in which you're playing as the monster
2: i so a great, great little game out of the five that that is the game that I, I know the most about, and I've heard very good things about it, but...
0: It's, it's quite fun. I mean, it's it's a bit esoteric at points, but most puzzlers do end up having a kind of esoteric moment. Um, it's on Game Pass. If anyone has Game Pass to play it, it's a, pre- it's, it's a pretty good game. I would recommend it. Uh, I have heard very good things about Phasmophobia. Uh, that is on my list to play at some point, but at the moment, uh, with it coming up to Christmas, I can't really afford to buy many more games... Seen as I like have splashed out for a PS fucking five. Um, um, so this is
1: where I'm going to dissent, because Phasmophobia is the one I've watched on Twitch. Um, it's really big with Twitch streamers at the moment. Everyone's Phasmophobia, Phasmophobia, Phasmophobia. Um, everyone's going on about it. And I have to say, I watched a fair chunk of it, and I kind of thought, is that it?
0: I, it I, is I, early access. I didn't really understand what
1: the point was to it. But there we go. Yeah. Um, I, I never expected it be, to be the type of game that I would want to play, but I, yeah, just just watched four people randomly, blindly go around a house for half an hour, actually not even finding much ghost activity, and didn't really understand what the point was of it all. But um, I'm glad that people are enjoying it.
0: A lot of people do enjoy it, and it is an early access game. And from what I've seen and what I've heard of it, uh, it does seem like it has an, it, it has a good concept there. It just needs to work on it and refine it a bit more for it to become a bit more mass Um, appeal-y. But what's there, apparently, is good and solid and stuff. It's just it needs a lot more work. But it is early access. And bear in mind, Hades was early access. And we will fucking get to that game in a second. I'm Um, sure we
1: shall. Yes,
0: we shall. Um, So, Best Multiplayer. Uh, The nominees are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant.
1: I mean, Do surely it, it has to be teams? Among Us or, or Fall Guys.
0: I'd say so. Because trying to play multiplayer in Animal Crossing New Horizons is a fucking bull ache. So, yeah, I'd say Among Us or Fall Guys. I mean, They're the, the, the,
1: the, the two standout runaway multiplayer hits of the year.
0: Mm. And the thing is, both of them work really well, multiplayer. And f- to be even more frank and even more honest about it, like a- Among Us is free to play. Yep. any Anyone can download it onto their phone with a group of friends and all play together. There's no barrier for entry with Among Us at all. And because it's a really easy game to play as well, there's not even the kind of, and all of the accessibility options they've added, there's there's no barrier for entry in this game. Or if there is, it's a minimal barrier for entry. It's, even, it's four quid on Steam. That's fuck all. Um, there's games on sale that are more than four quid. <laughs> like it's, it's 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 such a cheap game but it's got so much depth and intrigue to it um and it's one of those games like the jackbox games and like um uh other games that i can't th- oh like super mario party and things like that where the group that you're playing it with is what makes it great it's not necessarily the game itself it's who you're playing it with um that kind of makes it great mm-hmm. um and yeah, I'd, I'd say if Among Us doesn't win that, I will be very surprised. Um, it's, just, it's, it's a good game. Uh, very simple, simple premise handled well. Uh, best sports racing, anyone?
1: <laughs> I just want to be very clear that NBA 2K21 clearly deserves to win this with its amazing sweat presentation.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's not enough representation of sweat in video games. And this has been an issue for far too long now. So um, 2K, 2K21 two K should win it based on sweat. I agree with Will. Um, <laughs> do we have any thoughts on best Sims strategy or should I just move on? I ain't just move on from my perspective. Because I do, I've not played any of them. I don't get on with Sims or strategy games, generally speaking, anyway. Um, best family game. <laughs> okay, so the nominees are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario The Origami King.
1: Animal Crossing, surely.
0: If I'd Animal Crossing so. doesn't win this,
1: I will be astonished.
0: I'd say so too. Um, because four Guys, I, I can't really... I, I, although aesthetically, I guess, and in terms of anyone really can play that game, I guess, but it doesn't have couch co-ops. You can't really play it as a family. Whereas at least mm-hmm. with Animal Crossing, once you get past the fact that it has absolutely fucking bollocks multiplayer, um, uh, <laughs> well, ease, like the multiplayer yes, works yeah. once it works, but it tastes, it's not easy to get to work, but you could all sit there with your own switches and all play together. Um,
1: or oh, I can even imagine much more with with Animal Crossing than I can with Fall Guys. I can imagine um, couch co-op of just like, it's up on the TV we're just. I'm just going to take the control for a bit now, and I'm going to do something, and you're going to be you're going to be suggesting what I can go and do. You know, it feels much more communal, yeah, um, than family than Family Guy than Four Guys Dance.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. Animal Crossing is more family friendly than Family Guy. Um, Who'd have thought? But also, there's there's the, the other thing that really should be considered here. I think is that. Animal Crossing is really heavily leaning in all its advertising towards families playing it together. hmm They're really they're really going down that angle. And so I'm really aware that Mark's been really quiet.
2: Uh I can't Mark, the... Mark is, is, am I still quiet now? Yes. yes. No no no, no, your your normal volume is just you haven't said anything. No, I have been saying things, but for some reason I think my headset was playing up. Oh, oh. So you've had thoughts. Go on. Go yes. Go. Yes. Um, I think when they when they say family game, I think what they're referring to is family friendly, as opposed to being able to play as a as a family. Um, and I have only really played Paper Mario out of that list, uh, but I can't I can't see. Um, I don't know, I can't see kind of young kids getting a lot out of paper map. Some of those puzzles, that combat is a real ball ache.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was literally going to say that I wouldn't recommend inflicting the combat system in Origami King on your family.
2: Um, I haven't played it, but I, I kind of... It's, it's worth giving a shout to Minecraft Dungeons, I think, because, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, you and I, Ruben, we've 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 got a, had a lot of fun with uh, Diablo three, and mm-hmm. Minecraft Dungeons is very much that kind of a game, but with a, a a younger audience in mind.
0: And also, not to forget, Minecraft is is still to this day one of the biggest games in the world. Exactly, like that's undisputed at this point. Um, so on to the next category, which I don't think. Uh, anyone but me will have anything to say. Best fighting game. Some I'm of these, are... if
1: you're going to pick Under Night in Birth, EXE, Late, CLR because you did mention it the other week. That's Maybe. That's my only
0: thought. <laughs> <laughs> so so the nominees are Grand Blue Fantasy versus Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, One Punch Man, A Hero Nobody Knows, and Under Night in Birth, EXE, Late, CLR.
2: What I can def- definitively tell you is that all of these are fighting games, and that's about as far as I could go.
0: That is very, very valid input. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to go with Undernight. Like, it's the most recent version of possibly my favourite fighting game of the last 10 years. So, yeah, like, I have no reason to not vote for that. Grand Prix Fantasy Versus, of course, I played it, I enjoyed it, uh, but I haven't really picked it up since. Uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, I've not played because I'm not really a fan of NRS games. Generally speaking, I find them a bit... I, I, I find the way that they control a little bit weird. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite floaty. I find that really weird. Uh, Street Fighter V, although I have a tremendous amount of hours in that game, I still don't really enjoy it. <laughs> One Punch Man, I've not played. And Undertale, I'm still playing now. I, I got it in February. I'm still playing it now. And that, I think, says quite a lot. Um Especially seeing as the shelf life, generally speaking, of like anime fighting games specifically is very, very short. Um, so the fact I'm still playing that, like, it's not going to win. Um, I have absolutely no doubt that Undernight and *Birth* is not going to win this. Uh, if I was to be a betting man, which I'm not, but I'd say *Mortal Kombat* 11 would win it. Okay. Um, because *Mortal Kombat* 11 has a huge fan base. Um, mm-hmm. but
2: like, yeah, I mean, this This is quite often turns out to be the which game has the biggest fan base awards rather than necessarily based on the quality which is always, of the game. It's always the kind of thing, I get so annoyed
1: by these public voted awards. Um, mind you, I'm not sure I should be saying that given what we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, public voted awards are lovely, but um, um, stuff like this, it's like, we already know what's the most popular because we know which one sold the most. I want to know which is the best.
0: I've just realised as well that we haven't discussed in this episode the golden joysticks that just happened. As a, as a quick digression, it was a load of bollocks. Naughty Dog should not have won Studio of the Year, the crunching fucking bastards. And that's all I have to say about the golden joysticks. <laughs> that, was, that was a
1: bonus Reuben rant for you all. <laughs>
0: A mini rant, if you will. Um, and also the list of things that I hate is growing ever steadily. I hate Naughty Dog. I hate Ubisoft. I hate Jeff Keighley. The list is ever growing on this regard. So moving on then. Um, best role-playing game. Yeah. Nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Fa- uh, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon.
1: I have only played one of these Um as I know you both know, the game that I have played is Final Fantasy VII Remake. I fear that Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to win.
0: Yeah, um, my money's on that. Uh,
1: but also, just looking at this description up here for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences.
0: That's not Seven Remake at all. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would say Seven Remake doesn't really have rich player character customization and progression.
0: No.
2: But there we go. Um, uh, I, I, that... Sorry, I was going to say I would like to dissent and say I really enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake despite uh, all of its flaws.
1: Um, do you th- do you think it has rich player character customization and progression? No, but it falls under the category of role playing game.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's right.
1: It, I mean, I agree it's a role playing game. I'm just saying, it's Jeff Keighley's own description
2: of what, of what this award is for. Um, if I have played. Around 10 minutes of Genshin Impact. Um, and, you know, for a, for a free to play mobile, mostly mobile title, it's um, incredibly well done. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, that's... I mean, my, fav- my favourite out of this list is Genshin Impact. Um, um, I think a lot of people have a lot
2: to say about Persona 5 Royal, but I've never played it.
1: Yeah, I bought it this week, so it is now in my backlog. Um, ready for me to play at some point i also noted i uh, was taking a look at uh metacritic earlier this week and um, just see how everything has turned out this year according to them and according to them persona 5 royal is the best reviewed game of the year
0: that doesn't say a lot me. it really does say a lot um so really like i reckon it's going to be seven remake but if it is persona 5 royal i won't be surprised
2: that's mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the winner for this category yeah
2: I don't know anything about Wasteland or Yakuza Like a Dragon.
0: I've heard that Yakuza Like a Dragon is amazing as well. Um, It's on my list to play at some point.
2: The next category is uh, Best Action Adventure Game. Um, With the nominees being Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima... Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and The Last of Us Part Two. This is a, a hotly contested category. There's a lot of really good games in this category. These are big hitters. Yeah. And I have played and finished four of the six. And I would definitely struggled to pick between at least three of those four as my favourite from this category. Interesting.
0: That does say a lot, to be fair. Um, I mean, I've only played two of them. So, my, my, my experience on this is and also, I've played both of them for, you know, similar amounts of time in terms of amount of time played versus amount of time progressed. So, which is Ori and Mars Morales. So,
1: I've played precisely one of them so far. Um, there, others will get played. Um, probably before the year end, others will get played. Um, I've played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Had a lot of fun. Can't see it being an award winner, though. It's Not in, not... Not in an action-adventure category. I just it's, can't see it yeah, picking it's,
2: up. It's an excellent Star Wars game. One of the best Star Wars games, I think, that's been made in a very, very long time when it's up against the last of us part two ori and the will of the wisps marvel spider-man i just don't think it quite competes on that level yeah and i also think
1: i also think even again despite us saying it's a star wars game um i don't think it has the same kind of mass appeal as some of these um you know i feel like it's 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 combat and everything is is not so easy to immediately jump into that's going to you know, going you to know, have appealed to a big crowd of gamers. No. Um, you know, those who just want their easy pick up and play experience. I don't think will have turned to Star Wars Jedi Fallen
2: Order. No, I mean, I would, I would happily. I mean, i have I'm not discounting Ghost of Tsushima or Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I've just not played them, so I can't, I can't comment on them. But I, I, I would be happy with any of those other three you know i would even be happy if star wars won it but i don't see it winning it but of the of the other three that i've played you know i would quite happily have any of those three win it
1: yeah i do i do i look at this list and i wonder my gut says it will be valhalla or tsushima and that's only because i think they are much more in people's consciousness as these more recent games You know, they are, they're games that are being talked about Quite a lot at the moment And I wonder if that's going to help them help them Get across the line, but we will see
2: I, I, I can certainly see it being The Last of Us Yeah, I'd put my money on The Last of Us Part 2 Which, problematic Naughty Dog Studio aside is it Was a phenomenal experience If not fun, in inverted commas In the traditional sense
0: um so best action yes best yes. action we have doom eternal Hades half-life alex neo 2 and streets of rage 4
2: now i've played two of these and really want to play a third a third one of these um so i've played doom eternal uh i enjoyed it I don't think for me it quite topped the first Doom reboot. I, I I found some of the level structure a bit needlessly complicated to to follow and decipher. Hades, on the other hand, phenomenal game. Absolutely deserves to win this. Yeah, I
0: don't think it will.
2: No, it I... It fucking
0: deserves it.
2: I can see it being Doom as the being the winner, but yeah, Hades absolutely deserves it. Um, the other one that I really want to play um, is Half-Life Alex because I love the Half-Life games but the barrier to entry in terms of having to have a, a PC VR headset is just a little bit too high. I'd love to see it come to PSVR um, but I don't know if that's going to happen or it won't happen until they come out with a, a PS5 version of the headset possibly.
0: Hmm. I mean I've also played Streets of Rage 4 out of these and Streets of Rage 4 is almost beyond a doubt one of my favourite games of the year Um, but it's just not as good as Hades. I love Streets of Rage 4 but I love Hades so much more. Um, Yeah. I I really want Hades to win this.
1: Where are you on this one Will? I am still withholding judgement. I'm too early in my Hades days. <laughs> but the gods—that's the really only one I've right. touched. All of them, so they're all hot. Though, on the right? basis of, on the basis of the one that I've enjoyed the most of those I've played, Hades should win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the correct answer. <laughs> so the next category is innovation in access- in accessibility, um, of which Valhalla, Grounded, Hyperdot, Last of Us Part Two, and Watchdogs Legion are in it i've not played any of these so i don't know what these are like in terms of innovation i won't play two of them because fucking ubisoft um so does anyone have any thoughts on this one
1: my my, I mean, my only thought is um you know of these games there is one and one alone that has crossed my radar with people talking about the the progress it's made in it accessibility
2: about. and that is the last of us part two um yeah, and I, I am of the same opinion. I also think that we are not necessarily the best placed people to judge these games for their accessibility merits.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh and that and then yeah, that's also why, you know, my point is the one that I've heard about from, you know, seeing people who for whom it is important having that discussion
2: and I think was it, The Last of Us Part two and i think there's there is a a fear i mean the last of us part 2 gets a lot of praise for its accessibility options and and so the award going to that game might well be incredibly justified but going back to this being a public vote there's a there's a kind of fear that people are just going to vote in this category for the game they like the most rather than the game that genuinely has the mm-hmm. best in accessibility
1: it's such a, and that's just kind of where, like, I mean, especially a category like innovation and accessibility, it's such a weird thing to put to a public vote.
0: It should be a critic's choice more than anything, and even in that regard, it should be critics that know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: get get experts in accessibility to
0: to come yeah. and take a look and say what they think. Yeah. I mean, there's enough of them. There's enough critic. There, there's enough people in the video games industry that are. Mm-hmm. frequent discussers of accessibility. They would be the best ones to judge this. Yeah, so I can probably see that Last of Us Part 2 will fucking win this one as well. <laughs> um, best VR AR. Do we have any thoughts on this? Because I don't play in VR, so I have no clue. I've
2: okay. not played any of them. I have played Iron Man's VR. Well, I'd say uh, Iron Man's VR? Marvel's Iron Man in VR. I played the demo. Um, it was somewhat enjoyable. Um I didn't like it enough to go on and buy the full game. Um, however, I am very, very excited at some point to give Star Wars Squadrons a go in VR. Mm. Fly in a fucking X-Wing in VR. Yes, please. But I haven't yet.
0: Very much your sort of thing. Yes. Um, yeah, so really i've no predictions for this either i mean i'd like dreams to get it cuz dreams is a massive project that like has taken so long to come to what the developers wanted it to be what media molecule wanted it to be um so i would love to see them get some recognition for the amount of work they've put into a project that that's is that big and that flexible um but i have no preference per se but like i would I, it, it would be nice to see dreams win it Yep. um best community support
1: I wish to register my protest at this point. Um, okay, we all know that the best community support is Final Fantasy XIV. They were robbed. There is no nomination. This whole thing is a farce. Leave it.
0: Let's leave. Let's just leave it there. That's, that's okay. the, I think that's. I think that's a perfectly fine discussion of community support. Uh, four guys should win it out of the ones that are nominated, though. Yeah, they, I think they,
1: so, their social stuff is brilliant, and like the way they're engaging people on social is is astonishing.
0: Also, the big Yeetus thing was possibly one of my favorite <laughs> things to come out of social media this year. Um, it's just also like all the bits
1: of them, like either them approaching brands or brands approaching them and being like like KFC being like, hey, Fall Guys. And you're just like imagining all of these strange collaborations.
0: I mean, the, th- the thing I'd like to point out, I mean, like the ones that are nominated are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Fortnite, No Man's Sky and Valorant. And what my kind of indicator as to good su- good community support is, I don't follow any of these games on social media, but I never see anything of any of them except Fall Guys.
2: I follow... I, I, I see a fair amount of No Man's Sky, actually, and I, I think particularly how far that has come from the disappointing mess that it was when it launched with multiple enormous free updates every year since it came out in 2017, 2018. It's the support that the developer has given for that game has been undeniably brilliant. And it's almost unrecognizable from the game that it was when it launched.
1: I'm just going to have
2: to, at this point, say
1: that if we believe that the game that has come the most distance from the horrendous mess that it was when it was launched um then we are again back to final fantasy 14 (laughs) (laughs) having been robbed um, of this award
0: that i I can't disagree with that 14 we should have just left it as 14 14's community support deserved to win i'm sorry it's it that's that that lends the rules
1: um we love you and all that you do and thank you
0: there's still so many
2: categories to go Yeah, Um, we're going to have to zoom through these a little bit quicker, I think, at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Because, like, we are already over the amount of time that we usually spend for the podcast. And we've not even, like, there's still so many left to go. So, best mobile game Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, uh, Legends of Runeterra, and Pokemon Cafe Mix. It's got to be Among Us, yeah.
2: Yeah. Among Us or possibly Genshin Impact. I don't think Genshin Impact is going to have got enough votes. Yeah, possibly.
0: I mean, Genshin Impact is great, and it's out, and out of Among Us and Genshin Impact is my favorite. But like, I'd say Among Us probably has run away with that one. If Call of Duty Mo- Mobile wins it, at least Call of Duty won something this year. Um, best indie: Carrion, Fool Guys, Hades, Spelunky Two, Spirit C- uh, Spiritfarer.
2: I've heard a lot of very good things about Spiritfarer, not playing I've heard so day. many good things about Spiritfarer. Uh, I'm really, but I think I'm it's really going to come forward to digging
1: into it at some point. It's on
2: Game Pass, so I'm yes. looking forward to giving it a try. But I think this is going to come down to Fall Guys or Hades.
0: It better be Hades.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I'm still playing Hades and I haven't played Fall Guys in a while. There is a reason. Um, yeah. I mean i i re- i reckon if it was to come down to I, I i reckon it will probably be four guys that will win this
2: yeah he mm-hmm. just
0: deserves it but probably i i reckon four guys best ongoing game
1: i would I th- like to log my protest <laughs> uh, Final fantasy 14 has not been nominated and clearly deserves to win <laughs>
0: Let's leave it there.
2: That's fine. <laughs> why? Why? Why did I you mean, bring uh, that up in the best role-playing category, Will? That's true. I also <laughs> should have brought it up there.
1: Um, but I mean, also, let's be clear. Like, uh, sorry, I am now pivoting off and talking about something that's actually not to do with the nominees list. But which which awards was it where um, Final Fantasy XIV patch five point three um, was nominated for best expansion? One of that. One of their three in-between expansions patches got nominated for Best Expansion. That shows how good um, the ongoing content is at the moment in Final Fantasy 4. Because
0: 5.3 was fucking amazing. It Um, was.
1: I'm still astonished that an award got nominated for Best Expansion.
0: It was a patch,
1: a free patch.
0: (laughs) So, Games for Impact. If Found, Kentucky Route Zero, Spiritfarer again. Tell Me Why, and Through the Darkest of Times. I've only played one of these games, but fuck me, did it have an impact on me. Which is if found.
2: Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Tell Me Why. Uh, It's on my backlog list, I believe. So I will definitely be getting around to playing it at some point. Um, And again, yes, Spiritfarer as well, Hmm. I think. Has, has definitely seemed to have had quite an impact on people.
0: I reckon Spirit Pharaoh will probably win it out of those choices. Um, best performance: Ashley Johnson as Ellie in Last of Us Part Two, Laura Bailey as Abby in Last of Us Part Two, uh, Dice K. Suji as Jin Sakai in Ghost of Tsushima. Logan Cunningham as Hades or Naji Jetta as Miles Morales.
2: I'm going to have to give this to Miles. The performance of Miles is just so. I don't know. heartwarming and honest and real in that game.
0: Intensely he, relatable.
2: Yeah. I think he really
1: deserves. I I just want to point out um what a good run clearly for Sony. Yeah. You know, Sony published games have garnered four out of the five best performance nominations. Um yeah. and I think it's indicative of 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 the PlayStation as a platform in which they are interested in storytelling mm-hmm. first and foremost. Um, I mean, one... also i am one thing i can definitely say about hades at the moment is i am loving logan cunningham's performance as hades
0: yeah i th- I was literally just about to say that i mean as much as i do completely agree with mark and i think out of the five performances there um Naji jetta is definitely the best logan cunningham as hades hades and all of the voice performances um in hades are incredible um but Logan Cunningham just brings such a intimidating presence to the character. I, d- I do really enjoy um, every interaction you have with Hades in that game. Best audio design. I've never understood why audio design and soundtrack are separated at the Game Awards. Fuck Jeff Keighley. Um, Doom Eternal, That's... Half-Life Alex, Tsushima again, Resident Evil 3, Last of Us Part 2.
1: I'm going and... completely off, having not played any of them, but I'm reckoning it's... Last of Us Part Two's audio design, I imagine given what The Last of Us is audio design was like, I imagine that's gonna
2: be quite something. Yes, it was. Um but the audio design of Doom Eternal is also banging. So <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> in that is definitely in with a shout, I think. Um again I can't I can't comment on Half Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima or Resident Evil Three, so
0: I've only played Resident Evil Three, and I can I can I, I can attest that the audio design is great. Uh, how it compares to the others, don't know. Not played them. Um, so yeah, uh, I I reckon once again it will probably be a win for Last of Us Part Two because people are idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, best score and music: Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ari and the Will of the Wisps, and Last of Us Part Two.
2: So, I think largely the sound design in Last of Us Part Two is great. I can't recall any of the music or the soundtrack, <laughs> um, and I think the the tenants of score should be that you should be able to remember it. And I don't really remember it. Um, yeah. Say what you will about Final Fantasy VII remake, but the music that re-recorded that re-recorded. Uh, soundtrack from the original was phenomenal.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yep. But I, but
1: the thing I would say about the scoring music of, of Final Fantasy VII Remake is that the things that stood out to me, whether, I don't know, is this a nostalgia thing, therefore, or something else, um, were the re-recorded things from the original soundtrack. I, could yeah, tell I, I, could, I the, couldn't uh, tell you much about the, any the new do original yeah. music.
2: I think almost all of it was re-recorded from the original wasn't it or it's certainly expanded from tracks from the original Um, the other thing I want to call attention to the music in Ori is so good yes it is I've I've noticed that even
0: in my short play of the game so far Um, I mean let's be frank in my opinion best score on here is Hades Um, (laughs) it's out of out of the ones I've played or the ones I've heard music from on here, which accounts for four of them, actually, because I've heard some of Doom Eternal. I played Seven Remake, played Hades, and playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Hades is the only one that I listen to out of context. I just listen to that okay. soundtrack from time to time. And that says a lot, I think, about the game's music in general, that it can be listened to completely out of context and still, and still be enjoyable to listen to. Um, yeah. And seven remake, I just have so many negative opinions of, um, which is a shame. It really is a shame. I'm I, I'm so disappointed in in the remake, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, but in terms of who would win that, I would say seven remake. Yeah,
2: I think so. probably, probably. prediction wise. Or, uh, but I can also see people voting for the Last of Us Part Two just because it's the Last of Us Part Two. And I think, again, this comes back to the problem of it being a public vote.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Best art direction. We're actually getting a lot of exactly the same fucking games over and over here. Um, Seven Remake, Tsushima, Hades, Ori, Last of Us (laughs) Part 2. I'm going to go somewhere
2: somewhere between Hades and and Ori for this one, for me. I mean, so realistic um, shooters or Third-person action adventure games have been done to death, um, but that that high-resolution art in Hades is beautiful, and just everything in Ori is so wonderfully done. And especially if you get a chance to play it uh, on a C- Series X, 4K, sixty frames per second, it's stunning to look at.
0: Mm, I agree with that, and like because I, I mean, we've got, I've got to here point out Seven Remake is gorgeous. Yes, that is also fair. It is. I mean, like, that guy... I can't remember his name. I've forgotten so much about that game since i played it. But that guy that has the hot Tifa that you have to keep rescuing throughout the game if you do his subquests. The hot one who's shirtless. Or- oh, yes. A- yeah, yeah, Or wearing an open shirt or something yeah. similar. Um Yeah. Like, great. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but... The, the-
1: the dancing scene in the Honey Bee um, demonstrates the wonderful art direction of Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake.
0: Absolutely, absolutely excellent. Love that. Absolutely love that scene. Um, uh, as
1: much as as much as much I actually, I loved it as a scene. Um, I hated it as a piece of rhythm action that had to be played. Um, Nomura clearly got confused and thought that he was on Melody of Memory at that point and somehow just stuck it in
0: <laughs> but without <laughs> so any of the without any of the clear definitions on when you're supposed to press fucking buttons that melody of memory has like as much as i love that scene it really isn't clear when you're supposed to press buttons they could have also made like, it so also much like, I, clearer
1: i just like them to have confidence that scene could just be a scene there's nothing wrong with brilliant scenes told as cutscenes. yeah i don't have to play everything um, you don't have to think like, oh my god, they should have to mash some buttons during this. Ugh, um, it's it's all of the, the horrors of of what we've continued to see post active time events. You know, this mm. notion that we can't just have a cutscene; we have to press a button. Just yeah, let me have a cutscene.
2: Fuck that. I feel this is a discussion for another time. Mm. <laughs> we still have like ten categories to get through. <laughs> um, but one last thing. 7 remake has like a
0: couple of hot characters. Everyone in Hades is hot. So I know where my vote would go and is going to go. Um fair. Best best narrative, 13 Sentinels, 7 Remake, Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part 2.
2: Uh, I think this has to be Hades. Yeah. I think the I'm way that it, Hades, it? the way that it the narrative unfolds making you want to play essentially the same 20 minutes of game over and over and over again (laughs) Mm. it's very clever and the number of times you you speak to characters in that game and they always have I've never had a repetition of a a line of dialogue
0: yeah
2: every time you do a run I mean there must be so much dialogue in that game Mm -hmm. that you can go twenty, thirty, forty 20, 30, 40 runs and not have repetition of the characters saying the same things to you
0: Because they always have some sort of response to like how you last died or what weapon you're currently carrying or who else you've met on your journey. Like they've always got. There's always something they have that they respond to. Um, And yeah, I agree entirely with that. Um, I think Last of Us Part Two will win it just because it will fucking win it.
2: Um, And which is also not to say that there's that Last of Us Part Two has bad bad narrative because it doesn't. It's narrative also great i just think hades does something different hmm. i'm just again going to
1: going to shit on it and say that i just desperately hope that final fantasy 7 remake doesn't win because i just felt like it it took it took 7 odd hours of narrative and drew it out over 40 odd hours to the point of tedium
0: and also it, too like... much
1: nevera <sighs> yeah and then that kingdom heartsy thing at the end um, but yeah, I I've, yeah, I'm just going to stop talking about Final Fantasy 7 Remake until I, and probably until we get to the next category and I have a chance to talk about it again.
2: Yeah, best the next game category direction, is best game direction, first nomination, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, is Half-Life Alex, or The Last of Us Part Two, and again, I think this is going to, for me, be split somewhere between. Hades in the Last of Us Part Two. I, I would also like to give a, a nod to Half-Life Alex because I think doing something um like that in VR um, is a real achievement.
1: And um, I'm just going to get my dig in quickly and say that I don't believe any game that has had Namura involved in the direction ever deserves to win Best Game Direction because undoubtedly it has not had good direction.
0: Nothing more I can say to that. I vote Hades as well. Um, Final category, the biggie, the game of the year. And all of them are fucking games from previous categories. Doom Eternal, Seven Remake, Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing, Last of Us Part 2. If The Last of Us Part 2 wins this, I will
2: personally slap Jeff Keighley. (laughs) <laughs> I think
1: Last of Us Part 2 is going to win this.
2: Well, of course it will, because it's, it's uh, a voting for the public game. The game that deserves to win it is probably Hades, out of those. But I think Last of Us Part 2 will get the win. See, I'm actually going to say, I think
1: the game that deserves to win it, and actually it's a game that I didn't particularly enjoy, and I'm fine with that, um, I think Animal Crossing New Horizons I think it's it's had an astonishing year um, and has absolutely demonstrated that, that the best experience can be something very, very different um, from what anyone thinks that is the best experience. Because it's not, you know, you're shooty, shooty, and yet it's what, it's best-selling game of the year, without a doubt. That is a fair assessment.
2: Admittedly, yep, think, having
1: started all of this saying, I hate public votes because because it just encourages, you know, the best selling is
0: already telling us which is the best. I think um, there we go. I've got nothing to add to that. Everyone that already knows what game I'd vote for in that regard. Um, <laughs> so that is that is it for episode seven. Uh, it's a longer episode um, because Game Awards is a big thing. Uh, we probably should have done that as a bonus episode. Too late now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so to
2: to conclude thanks for sticking with us for nearly two hours
0: (laughs) thanks um we love you um so to kind of conclude like um a couple of things i mean first we will be doing at the end of the year we will be doing a bonus episode on our games of the year um yay i know i'm so looking forward to it um So, if you haven't been... heard,
1: if you haven't heard enough discussion of Hades in this episode, like to come back for our bonus Game of the Year episode.
0: Uh, Welcome um, back I'll... to Ruben loves Hades.
1: <laughs> wait till Ruben and will kick off when I nominate Final Fantasy 7 Remake. <laughs> oh, there's plenty. There's plenty I've not said on the podcast yet about Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I think you've probably heard all of the thoughts privately, but they are being held
0: back, ready for me to just let loose. Oh, I've got some thoughts too. Um, but one thing we will be doing, and we will be doing it—I um, mean, we haven't quite cemented how we're going to do it exactly—but um, we will be doing a audience choice game of the year as well, which we're going to be doing through our social media channels and our Discord. Um, so, by all means, get involved with that because we'd be interested to see, and we would actually like to hear your thoughts on what your games of the year have actually been um, as well, because twenty twenty has been. A difficult year in a lot of um a lot of ways but if there's one thing that 2020 i think we can all agree on has been good for um for a lot of reasons it's been games there's been a lot of great yeah. games in 2020 um so it will be it'll it just be great to hear your thoughts um for for once and just get you get you involved um so without further ado thank you for joining us. Uh, We have been the Queers at Play. This has been episode seven. Uh, If you wanted to get in touch with us and discuss any of the random bollocks with us that come up in this podcast or shout at us because we hate various things, um, you can follow us on Twitter at Queers at Play or our Discord server that I have forgotten once again.
2: Discord.quizatplay.com
0: Thanks, Mark. (laughs) I was sitting here and the whole way through that sentence I was thinking... I don't know it. (laughs) We'll copy and paste (laughs) it. Yeah, just put it at the end of each document that we have for these podcasts, because otherwise I'm not going to remember that forever. Um, But yeah, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you all again, and we'll see you next time.
1: And I think if you have made it all the way to the end of this Mammoth episode, um, do let us know. Um, Tweet at us saying... The only thing bigger than the console launches is Jeff Keighley's ego. Um, And let us know you've made it all the way to the bitter end. (laughs) I can see Ruben giggling away on
2: on the video stream.
0: (laughs) Bye.
2: Bye Bye-bye.
0: I hope we get those tweets.